Hey friends, I am so excited to share this episode with you today. I sit down with my good friend, theologian and philosopher, Fu Lu, and we discuss the incredible Netflix series, Beef. It's won all sorts of awards. It's one of the best shows I've seen in a long time. It has everything you want. Great acting, incredible action, beautiful aesthetics, wonderful dialogue, and it really gets into some deep existential realities that'll get you thinking and pondering for weeks to come. I don't want to give away too much, but in this episode, we explore everything from collective trauma, Fu, who's written a book on an Eastern perspective on Jesus, gets into the Korean word Han and and how that applies to the show. We get into psychotherapy the process of making the unconscious conscious. We explore this idea of the model minority that gets applied to so many Asians in our country and what's problematic about that. We get into the distinction between being grasped and and almost drowning in our pain as artists versus how to identify it and express it in healthy ways. And we explore so much more from spirituality to religion to philosophy uh, to art and and everything in between. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. It's going to give you a lot to think about. I'm a bit torn in that I think you should definitely watch the show before listening to the episode. But if you just don't have the time or you're not interested, I think you'll actually still get something out of it, even if you've never seen Beef. Clearly, there's going to be spoilers, and and we mentioned that in the episode as well. Yeah, this was one of the best conversations I've had, and I'm just really excited to share it with you. So I hope that you enjoy it. Please take the time to share this episode and other episodes of Psyche Podcast with anybody that might be interested. As we mentioned in the episode, I want to encourage you to check out Fu Lu's work and his Substack, People of the Way. For eight bucks, you can subscribe to it or you can subscribe to it for free. I encourage you to to do the, the paid version because you get so much more and it's a way to just support a local artist and public theologian. Take the time if you can, write me a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever else you listen uh, to this podcast. And as always, continue the conversation. Okay, well, so Fu, you know, would you mind setting up this episode for us? I I just got to say before you do that. Okay, yeah, yeah. That uh, I'm so grateful for the recommendations that you've thrown out there through your Substack, People of the Way. We did an episode before on Leave the World Behind, which was an incredible movie. And even though I had heard of Beef before, I even had a few clients that had talked about it, but no spoilers at that point. It it seemed intriguing, but for whatever reason, probably because I watch way too much TV, I didn't get into it. So when you were saying that you were going to write a piece on it, I knew, okay, I'm going to have to kind of sit down and watch it. And Amy and I just binged the hell out of it. We, it was a weekend. I don't think we had the kids and we just couldn't stop watching. It was so good. Mm. Yeah. I knew you guys would love it because loved it. You are both therapists and it has a lot of psychology in there, and yeah, and when it came out a year ago, okay, I was immediately taken in 
one because of the Asian actors in the series. And so let me just say that this is not a spoiler free podcast episode. No, it is not. Because it's been a year. It's been a year. (laughs) So if y'all haven't seen it yet, uh, you could pause this episode and go and binge watch it and come back. It's only but, 10 episodes and they're about 30 or so minutes long. So it's yeah, really yeah. not that long of a series. No, 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 it's not. And there's been talks about continuing the series, but with different characters. Oh, uh, not so okay. much bringing back the main characters. Which, but, which would make sense. Yeah, yeah. I've actually wondered about that because I've, I've seen some of those rumors and I was wondering... What would season two be about? Because I think they kind of brought it to a conclusion. Yeah, in yeah. Some ways. I, I think so. Yeah, I don't think they should mess with the story arc in these ten episodes at all. I think okay, they, good. They, they should continue that um, that, but doing something like True Detective, where yes. like each season there are different characters. I think yeah, that's something I would watch, but I wouldn't want to continue the the story arc of the characters uh, on the show now, you know, um, yeah. that that's presently in the 10 episodes. But anyways, so. So how did you, yeah, I mean, maybe start yeah. with like, like how you first got into it. What, what made you decide I'm going to sit down and kind of commit to this series? Yeah. So it was early into the end of the, Pandemic, and I use those words "end of pandemic" very loosely, <laughs> right? You know, because we like to give closure to this time of trauma that we've all experienced, and I I don't think uh, we should do that in that way. Uh, we too quickly, and maybe this slice into beef and things we can say about trauma. Sure. But I think as a nation, we like to put closure in those things because of there's certain economic value mm. in it, you know, uh, and collectively uh, we think that, you know, if we say this is the end of the pandemic or whatever, we could go on with our lives. And I, I think there's so much more that needs to be said and dealt with and the trauma from the pandemic and also post-pandemic and all the things that linger, uh, we still need to collectively deal with. But anyway... Dude, totally. So- and, 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 but don't, please don't lose your, your train of thought because I, I love where you're going. I'll just add very briefly, yes, there's the economic reasons why we want to bring a type of closure to a traumatic, a collective traumatic experience. I just think too, I don't know if it's our human nature, but, but let's just say where we're at now as a society, I don't think we like lingering with bad feelings mm-hmm. or negativity yeah yeah we want or a type on. of uncertainty yeah, yeah we, which which is understandable yeah but um as we'll talk about in the show when, when you don't appropriately process and dwell with it you know it kind of creates a lot of chaos yes yes it does it continues the damage right so i watched it during that time and uh as some of your listeners probably know and maybe some don't know, I have published this book called Jesus of East, with, which talks about this uh, type of collective trauma, mm. uh, Kahan, that is evident in the Korean culture and has 
similarities in uh, other cultures, uh, the Vietnamese culture also, in which I'm from. And so that was an intriguing part too. So uh, mainly Asian actors, this idea of collective trauma that I've been writing on, and then the nuances in the characters themselves as displayed on TV. Yeah. I, I thought that was uh, very intriguing. Uh, one of the questions, Kike, that you asked is how did I view it as an Asian person? I, I, I really wanted to get into that because I know that, you know, later in this discussion, we'll get into like really deep existential stuff. But I, I really wanted to foreground, you know, you as an Asian man. What, yeah, what was that like watching this show? So I saw, and and, and so it stars uh, Stephen Young and who I love uh, so much. Yes, yes, he he's great, and I had first time I've seen him was in The Walking Dead as Glenn. Yeah, Glenn, <laughs> and like. Uh, rest in peace, Glenn. I know, right? It's, uh, it, I think I mentioned there's so many people that stopped watching it, including me, mm-hmm. when you know he gets you know taken yeah, out yeah, yeah, yeah. by by Negan. Yeah, yeah, and and also I did not realize it was not to season seven that that happened. So it was like seven years later. Yeah, but to me it was like yesterday. You know, right, it, right. it was like you know a very brief time, and and so. Anyway, uh, yeah, I was one of the ones who stopped watching it after that happened. And also Ali Wong, who's a comedian. And if you've not seen any of her specials on Netflix, she's just absolutely amazing. Okay. As a, Yeah, as I wasn't a as familiar with her. I knew of her, but I'd never watched any of her specials. I was blown away by her acting in the mm-hmm. show. Incredible. And, and so for me... One, it helps continue to reinforce in a positive way uh, what who Asians are, who Asian Americans are in this world. And so you probably heard of the model mon- minority myth, right? That yes. stereotype, right? Yes. And, and that idea is an invention in order to say which minorities are the good minorities right. and which minorities are the bad minorities. Right. So uh, the model minority idea of the Asian is, uh, for example, a hard worker, uh, fits in. Um, Extremely intelligent. In- intelligent. Uh, good at computers. <laughs> taking pictures <laughs> with the cameras. You know, et, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And uh, good at math. And so uh, that was created to say that there are certain other minorities that are not model m- minorities. And if you want to be like these um, these other minorities, like Asians, you should f- uh, follow them or else your value in society is not very high. Right. right? And um, the consequence of that is you, uh, you should be deported and things Things like that, you know, so, so. Or incarcerated. Yeah, incarcerated, you know, uh, because you're more of a threat. And so, uh, of course, those things are tropes, you know, they're, they're not, they're, uh, they're not true. They're, they're stories that 
are told so that we could see um, others in in certain ways. Because I I uh, when I was in seminary in Waco, there was a ministry that I started and participated in once a month, and it was to visit a group of Asian inmates in a medium level correction facility oh, wow. uh, uh, in, in Midway, Texas. Okay. Uh, and, and these prisoners had committed pretty serious crimes. Mm. Okay. There were a group of about 40 of them of various different Asian backgrounds, Filipino, Vietnamese, uh, Chinese, um, uh, all different kinds of backgrounds. And so there is a group of guys who I visited, who I, I talked to, and, and and who who had lives that were not model minority lives, you sure. know, and yeah, they wanted some kind of reform in their lives, and that's why that we 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 met, but uh, it was far from the kinds of Asians that are normally uh, depicted on television or in the media. So so here in Beef, we have characters that have nuance. Yes. So so Danny, uh, played by uh, Stephen Young, he is a contractor and not a very successful one at that. No, no, he's and, not. And, and in fact, he wants to pull his, uh, his brother, his younger brother down, uh, and, and because he sees a lot of potential in his younger brother. And then we have, uh, Ali Wong, Amy, who her character, she, she is successful. Yes, yeah, very and, much so. Yeah. In a lot of ways, successful entrepreneur, but at the same time, her life is just falling apart. Totally. Yeah. You know, she doesn't have it together. No, not at and, all. And she has a seemingly beautiful family a uh, good-looking husband, beautiful daughter, but her life is in shambles. Yes. And uh, and so we have all these Asian characters, and we have someone who was formerly incarcerated in the in the show, and and he gets out, and there's all sorts of hijinks around that. Isaac. <laughs> yeah, Isaac. <laughs> and so so I I saw there was a depth there, right? Mm. That 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 um. Asian people are not displayed, especially Asian men are not displayed at this as this person who is sort of asexual, you know. Oh, uh, that's a good point. Yeah. Not not funny. Um, they're uh, they don't have pain. They're stoic, mm. you know. And so we 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 have a lot of nuance where where we see characters cry. We see them go through a lot of turmoil. Their lives are not together. And some of them are just hilarious. They get really fucking angry. Yeah, they get very angry. You know, it's not stoic. It's right. not. It's not. Uh, they don't control their emotions always. Uh, and so, there was a lot of depth to it that that I appreciated. It helped dispel, and um, yeah, and 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 brought a lot. Uh, to the view, the gaze of mm. 
of a larger population of the U.S. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so that helps, right? One would think that having that model minority stereotype is some way helpful for Asians, but okay. it, it's actually hurtful for, okay. for Asians. How so? Because it tells us that we can only be one thing, one mm. way. And then when we experience things counter to that, we're like, what do we do with it? Gotcha. Right? How, how do we uh, work in this world? How do we feel? How uh, should we function in this world? And, and then it limits our own exploration of ourselves. Yeah. So, so if, I see myself as like a really funny guy and that's not something that's portrayed a mm. lot. It's like, then, okay, how do I fit in? How do, uh, so we meet the expectations of others, right? Yes. Whether we know it or not, right? We live up to their expectations. And if people only see me as one way, then I can work to, to live up to that. But if I'm not that, I gotta go through my life very hard on myself, yes, right? Very yes. self-critical, right? Very, and also I think you're gonna live in shame. Yeah, like you're not enough. You're not good enough. Yeah, and again, perpetuating the agent's shame culture, right? You know, right. and and yeah, seeing that I'm not enough and. And therefore, I'm not going to live into my true potential of who I can be for myself. So, uh, so that's one of the many things I've appreciated from this series. So, let me hear from you, Kike. Yeah. What What did you take away from that? Oh my gosh, there's so much that I want to say. W would you like me to reflect on on kind of your words? Like in the in the model minority? Or no, no, no. Just, just, just in beef in general? Yeah, yeah the yeah, series. Yeah. Well, yeah, what intrigued you about yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, and, and And maybe this can be, in my response to your question, it can be a kind of a, an entry into the show as well. I'll, I'll say before watching the show, one of the things that I was actually a bit anxious about because I had this experience, I thankfully wasn't directly involved in it, but a couple cars in front of me were kind of doing this thing. And if you don't live in Houston, I don't know if this is an issue, but for us it is where people pull guns on each other, like on the road with the whole road rage incident. So one of the things that immediately kind of sucked me into the show was it literally starts with these two people who are complete strangers. They can't even see their each other's faces in the very beginning. And they're involved in this like five to six minute road rage scene, which is just intense to watch. And so... Right away, I was hooked into, wow, this is something that I'm currently thinking about and feeling and wrestling with, and I'm just wanting to know where it goes. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and maybe that's a way to describe the series. I mean, it starts with this road rage incident, and then throughout the 10 episodes, you see how these two characters are trying to basically blow each other's lives up because of that one incident. But to keep it there would be too simplistic. What, what, what the show does is to show that they have all this trauma and all this pain underneath that they're trying to work through. And yeah, there, there's just so much that I want to say about that. But that was kind of my first hook is 
when you recommended beef, I was actually sitting with just the the fright of of road rage in Houston, and I couldn't believe my eyes that this show was actually kind of addressing that at some level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's good. Yeah, so it it starts out with the character Danny. He's at this big box store trying to return these grills, right? And, these hibachi and, grills. Yeah, these yeah. hibachi grills, which they don't give him his refund because he can't find the receipt. Oh, yeah. And so he's already mad and rage. And so he's in the parking lot and he's pulling out and he nearly hits this white SUV uh, driven by Amy, the the other character, the other main character. And and they, they, they get in it to a point where they're chasing each other on the street yes. and uh, running over medians and like pulling up. Yeah, running through pe- know, people's you, like front yards. Yeah, 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 yeah. Flowers and bushes and things like that, and and tossing their their uh, fast food junk at each other. At each you other know? through yeah, the car. Yeah, That's yeah, wild. Yeah. Well, and and then already you see a type of class divide as well. You know, Danny's mm-hmm. driving this kind of beat up Tacoma truck. It's an older model. She has what seems to be like a brand new Mercedes SUV. Yes, yes, yes. And yeah, and so you see uh, the, the, the sort of class divide. So if, it, and in that way, it reminded me also of the movie Parasite. Maybe we should do an episode on Parasite. Okay, dude, I haven't seen Parasite. So yeah, so it revolves around these themes, but in terms of uh, sort of class, okay. um, struggle, and these themes of hurt and trauma and agency. And so, yeah, you bring that up reminds me of... Okay, I'm going to have to write that one down yeah, as a potential uh, yeah. episode. That's great. Uh-huh. So, yeah, so that's how it starts. And and I would say that the anger and and rage of that first scene continues like throughout the series... But then it's given depth through the stories of each of the characters and then the stories of their immediate family and their friends and so forth. Yeah, absolutely. And OK, so so for sticking to the first episode real quick, I, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. So after Amy comes back from the road rage incident, she kind of I mean, she's clearly upset. You, you could tell that she's really frustrated and as she's walking into her house, right, she's she's met by, yeah, her very handsome husband, George, who can tell that she's upset. And he basically asks her what's wrong and then starts quickly suggesting that she go back and do her gratitude journal. It's, it's almost like he feeds this toxic positivity into her experience. And, and I think she kind of goes along with it. But you can tell there's like a, a, a storm brewing inside. Yeah, Excuse me. He fails to listen to her, right? Really, he fails to listen to her. Yeah, to really acknowledge the pain that's there, and he goes quickly to the solution, right? To cover up the hurt, and you may want to say something about that too, because we just referred to it, you know, when I alluded to the pandemic. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I think one of the things. That, that comes up for me as I think about that scene and just the show in general. I, actually, as, as we think about 
the, the there's various scenes where they actually end up going to like a couples therapist. There's you could tell that Amy is just kind of almost giving her what she wants to hear. You know, she she's still trying to be positive and say all the right things. And the therapist kind of accepts that, but then kind of challenges her and says, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. There, there's always more underneath the surface, mm-hmm. you know, and, and yeah, I, I wonder what you do with that, it, connecting it to kind of the Han concept and the idea of a collective trauma and the ways that we just try to seek that closure you were talking about and not really go underneath the surface. Yeah, yeah. So the idea you brought up of Han is this term in Korean. Um, it, it's, it's a, it's a uh, Korean term, uh, and it's hard to translate, but... It, it is something like, and I use the word trauma very loosely because usually that's a psychological term, right? Sure. Uh, but it's more holistic than that. And so it is a image that portrays the deep woundedness, mm. uh, the, the collective pain that the Korean people feel as a part of their history of being colonized, of having invaders, of uh, seemingly countless wars yeah. uh, in their homeland. And so this, this idea of, 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 of pain is sort of ingrained in the story of the Korean peoples. Um, and, and so the, um, idea of of han is is the the question of how do you resolve this pain what what happens if it continues from generation to generation how does it fester and and so in korea itself you see one a divided korea you're right right uh with uh one and it, it the two could not be as dissimilar from each other as 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 possible, right? Sure. Yeah, you you have North Korea, which is calmness, uh, which is a, a very horrific place uh, of uh, of poverty, of of want, of scarcity, and then you have South Korea, is very beautiful, uh, seemingly po- uh, um, uh, very uh, uh, you know opulent lifestyle if you right. look look at the um, korean dramas or shows yeah everyone seems like they live in prosperity yeah, you know they yeah. you know they 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 uh like all the other women and the men are beautiful right, <laughs> you right. know they have like uh beautiful skin beautiful hair you know they dress nice all the time but both north and south korea it, in those manifestations are ways in which they're trying to deal with the trauma of Han, mm. this trauma of pain. And, um, and, and, and so that, that is the question of Han. How, how do we deal with um, something that has been happening to us for a long time, a uh, hurt that runs uh, so deep that we could barely voice it. We right. could barely articulate it. And then how does it manifest in, in our lives? Is it destruction or do we cover it up? 
yeah. with more things. And I think there's a lot of covering up in the show. And, and this is not a judgment on the characters, but I mean, just an observation, whether it's it's Amy just kind of agreeing with, yeah, let me go back to the gratitude journal or Danny when he comes back and kind of tells his side of things to his brother, Paul, at the at the pool in that scene where he's basically, I think this is a kind of a masculinity move. He's saying, you know, there was this crazy person that was chasing me off the road, but, you know, he's wanting to portray himself as the one who actually got the better hand in that situation. And he's like, sometimes you just have to take, you know, this is my language, like like life by the balls and just push forward and be strong. And if you want to, if you want to grill a steak, you grill a steak, you just do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. I think that's a yeah. way of covering up the Han, covering up that deeper traumatic pain. Yeah, yeah. And not taking some time to explore it, right? And so yes. you, you uh, in, in, invoke the idea of positivity, right? Yes. And, and, and I'm, I'm assuming that comes from that burnout society. Yeah, that you've absol- been absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you refer to a lot. And, and this is the idea that, that we we try to fill our lives with these things with um, with these positives, uh, so that we don't have any moment which we could sit in the emptiness and reflect right. on what our lives mean, and and the, perhaps a hurt or the pain or perhaps just existence in itself. Right? Yes, yes. And 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 so so uh, our society becomes one that uh, people have to do something at every moment of their lives. And, and that's, I couldn't agree more. And and this isn't just a masculinity thing. You see this with Amy. She's somebody who just almost works herself to death. Mm-hmm. And and I do think that was probably an, un, an unconscious way that she was trying to kind of paper over the trauma and the pain. Yeah. Yeah. By, yeah. by reaching that financial success and security. Yeah. And I, and she says that she does not want to do those things. She wants to spend more time with her family and the such, right? But she's giving this opportunity that's almost too good in her mind to pass yeah. up, yeah, to be uh, for her business to be bought by that home store, sure, sure, for ten million dollars. And uh, but she has to the the payoff. Not the payoff, but the cost in that is that she has to invest five more years into the company. Right. And she doesn't initially want to do that, but given all the glitz and the glamour of it, she gives in. She caves into that. Sure. Totally. Totally. Okay, man, there's just so much that I want to talk about. But just as a quick aside, what do we think about George, her husband? Can we set him up a little bit? I know he's yeah. not a, a main character, but but I, I find him a bit intriguing. So uh, here's here's a thought. So when we did leave the world behind, we had that character Clay. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And it's kind of ironic that we have this character George who works in clay. You know. Oh, interesting. And right, he's a sculptor, and he's also this very malleable person. Right? Yeah. He does does not seem to have. A character of his own. He's dominated by his mother. Yes. And he lives in the shadow of his father. Who yes. Was a successful artist creating these chairs. And now he, and there's nothing wrong with being a stay at home father. Right. Many men do it and do it well. 
but he does not feel fulfilled. No, he doesn't. Uh, totally in that. And he wants to be fulfilled in his art, but it seems like there's something missing yes. that he can't put into his art. And this mm. is where Han is so good. The idea of Han is so important because and and this I don't want to be heard wrong, but only true creativity can come from the exploration of our pain. I think so, a hundred percent. Right there are these tropes of of these artists who are drunkards and you know have terrible lives and they're suffering. That is is only a part of it. Okay, that's not the sort of exploration of pain that I'm talking about. But artists who are successful, I think, have tapped into that. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so they they at least acknowledge that, like a Jackson Pollock or Annie Warhol or you know any of these uh, sort of icons of art, uh, Jean Michel Basquiat. You know, and if you look at their stories, read their biographies, or uh, watch documentaries on them, lives full of pain. And it's not that they create art. Because of the pain, but they at least acknowledge their suffering. Yeah. And art was a way to express that suffering. What they didn't do well is, is to treat the suffering. Yeah. Right. They they express the suffering. Okay. And so my point is in George, he's not even there to acknowledge the suffering mm. and therefore not able to express the suffering. Yeah. Oh, that dude. That's, oh, yeah, man. I'm so glad. I hadn't thought about it that way. I couldn't agree more because he is missing a type of power, potency in his life. And, yep. and, I, and I think it's his being divorced from the negativity or the, the pain that you're talking about. That's so good. Yeah. And he fills it with uh, like the gratitude journal or, right. or meditation and things like that. Sure. Again, not bad things, but not ways in which we could really sit with the hurt and be able to reflect on it properly. Right? Yes, yes, absolutely. Okay, so so maybe returning back to this larger idea, which, which I mean, is a thread, right, throughout the entire show. I know it's something that's very important to us of having kind of this original trauma or this pain that we find all these ways to not deal with. What as as an Asian man, how did you receive the line? Danny said it a few times. Maybe another character I, I I can't quite remember that Western therapy doesn't work for Eastern minds. I, I was wondering if you could maybe yeah. unpack what was meant by that. Just how you kind of think about that. Yeah, I so that was towards the end, and um, and I think that's when they become frustrated in trying to work through their trauma in, in certain ways. And so, so I, I, I you know, what, what is Western therapy? What's, <laughs> what's Eastern therapy? I, I, you know, if we look at it on a sort of um, superficial level, sure. Uh, what, what Danny said, I, I'm, I'm not 
and I'm not a hundred percent clear, you know, what the meaning is, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, Western therapy, perhaps sort of the talk therapy that uh, they're talking about, and Eastern therapy, I don't know, per- yoga, meditation. I, you know, I'm, sure. I'm, I'm, uh, and, and 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 the Eastern mind, I'm I'm not sure what that's about. I I do think though that uh, that a lot of Western therapy has emphasized those things of positivity, right? Yeah. Uh, that you you mentioned. And, you know, what can we do to alleviate our pains instead of how can we be in this world yeah right to but the how can we be is is a certain activity in itself yeah and so you know we really can't parse it that finely but yeah there there is a sense of this being in this world and this becoming in this world and and I, i i really think that in order for therapy Eastern, Western to work, there there really needs to be a healthy exploration of both. Uh, there needs to be sufficient. Uh, these are uh, ways in which to be in this world. Yeah. And also these are ways in which to become in this world. Okay. Right? And, okay. And, 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 you know, we're, we're, um, we're all the same in some respects in terms of how our minds work. Sure. But in terms of culture, in terms of where we come from and how we perceive reality, yeah, culture does have something to say. And Eastern culture is much different than Western culture. And Eastern culture is by and large shame-based culture. Okay. okay. Whereas Western culture is a guilt-based culture yes right um and and there's there's positives and negatives of both and and i think a good therapist can uh understand that a little bit more okay. and work with that a little yeah bit more. yeah no that that's good i appreciate your reflections yeah i wasn't sure exactly what he meant either i mean some of the kind of very surface thoughts i had was one I think one of the stereotypes of Western therapy is that it's very individualistic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some would say maybe even uh, almost narcissistic or indulgent or navel gazing. You know, you're just reflecting on your own personal issues. And I just wondered if if his statement was was hitting at that reality versus more the collectivist kind of approach of the Eastern mind, which I want to be very humble about that because I can't speak for the Eastern mind. So I didn't know if he was getting at that. But then I, I was thinking maybe the show was throwing that out there as a bit of an ironic statement where if we read Western therapy in, in the, the most charitable way, it is about helping to make the unconscious conscious. Yeah. And and that's precisely what the characters have not done and, mm-hmm. and what they eventually do right near the end and, and which leads to a type of salvation or healing. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't yeah. know if, you know. No, no. I, I yeah, I. And for the series, it might be a line that Danny throws out again to avoid, you know, right? Delving that, that, into yeah, exactly. Yeah, right? he would be the one that would say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's very um, unself-aware, and to and, and and until he gets these moments of clarity, right? Yeah. And his own 
It's only in the most painful points in his yes in his life, like for example, almost being caught by the police at the end and right. having to tell his brother to to leave him, and 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 then bring up this idea that he's been holding his brother back, you know, all along. Yes, you know, there only in the times of of pain, of extreme pain, uh, is it when Danny sort of gets a glimpse of mm. of of how things are really underneath. Absolutely. Right? Okay, so Fu, I, I want you to speak to this because I think one of the things that's important to both of us is, you know, just the reality of religion. Mm-hmm. And, and that comes up in this show, I think, in some interesting ways. I don't know exactly how I feel about it or what it's trying to communicate, but, you know, in terms of Danny's narrative arc, he ends up kind of going back to church, to this kind of Korean church. Yeah. And um, at, in one scene, he has a very, what seems like a very authentic emotional experience, you know, through one of the songs where he kind of breaks down and starts mm-hmm. crying. But then at the same time, he ends up basically taking advantage of the church and, and running you know, kind of a scheme through it to make money that he ends up using to build this house for his parents. So, yeah, what, what did you do with the scenes where, you know, he's in church, he's leading worship? Like, did, did the show have something to say about religion? I'm, I'm so curious what you so, say about that. the creator and even Steve Yun himself... Uh, they po- both come from a uh, Christian and I believe evangelical background, yeah, right? I, I think the, I think I think um, the Danny character in an interview I listened to said he used to lead worship in yeah, an evangelical yeah, church yeah, growing yeah, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. yes, yeah. Stephen, he has an incredible voice, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, he 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 ha- has expressed that on interviews, and he's he no longer. Uh, I don't think he. Uh, identifies himself in in that particular way. I, I, but, I think he said he was kind of spiritual but not religious. That yeah, that kind of common Yeah. Trope. Yeah, so so here's and I have to give you a semi long take on Oh, I love it. Because it is That's what I was hoping for, man. It's it's not that easy to No, it's not. Parse. No. So, uh, we talked about this idea of collective trauma in the Korean culture Han and how that has been dealt religiously is that Western evangelical Christianity has come in and given, <coughs> excuse me, I hope you could edit out all my comments. <laughs> um, Western evangelical Christianity has come in and given the Korean people a sort of panacea for Han. Mm. And so even though you said that Danny in the show goes to a Korean church, it could be it could be a white church. Okay. Right? Because there is nothing other than 
Korean people being in that church that makes it Korean. Right, right, right. Because right. they sing the same song. Absolutely. As if you went to an evangelical church that's predominantly white. Right, here right. Here in Houston or anywhere. Totally. Right. That's a good there, point. There's nothing particularly Korean about that church. And in the same way, at many uh, expressions of religion, of Christianity in the Korean culture are... Are, are white expressions of Christianity, Western yeah. uh, expressions of Christianity. And and this is a real frustrating thing. When I was doing my dissertation work and I, I had uh, in several conversations with a, a, a brilliant Korean theologian, Andrew Sung Park, about this idea of, of Han. And he actually came uh, from Korea and... Had, had his family suffered a lot of trauma there. Mm. The the idea of Han and the healing of Han is not a predominant expression of Korean uh, Christian worship there in that country. Uh, again, it's the so Western view of the gospel. Got you. Where people need salvation because they are sinners and the sin is original. It's, it's that it's guilt a, model. Yeah, it, it is the guilt model. Again, so uh, this is what makes it, it, it really difficult to, to talk about the religious... Uh, sort of exploration in beef because and in a way they they point to certain attempts to deal with trauma on a particular level in terms of Koreans or Asian Americans dealing with trauma here is religion here is western religion okay and <laughs> you're here in this worship service and if you emote then, mm. then perhaps you're getting closer to understanding who you are and realizing salvation, etc., etc. But really, that does that's only surface, okay? Right. And there's again nothing wrong with that expression itself, but it doesn't get at you know what it's truly about, it, right? So, in a, this may be overly simplistic, but it's not really addressing the deeper trauma. Yes, that we've yes, been talking about yes. that the, the that the Korean people would be experiencing and would have come from. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, yeah, exactly. And so that happens uh, to some extent in Korea in certain expressions of Christianity, but it does not happen on a large scale level. Okay. So there are some academics, some seminarians, some uh, pastors who are tuned into this idea of Han and the treatment of trauma and how to uh, do it justice in terms of how do we express a Christian faith that deals with this trauma. So um, that does happen, but not in a very great extent. Okay. okay. So, so the majority of churches, the majority of religious expression is Western 
in nature. And this, and this is the short why, because the West is very attractive, you know? And mm. so if, if I see that, uh, that you, you're, you're doing well and you know, these Americans, these U S Americans, they're doing well in their expression of religious faith. Uh, then I, as someone from the East, want to emulate that, right? Yeah. In order to achieve what I think in my mind I should have. But again, that doesn't get me where I want because mm. it does not have, it does not explore the deep hurt, the deep wound, the Han that is very much a part of my culture right and and so 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 we get that a, again it's either um communism right you know, in the north which in itself is a western expression you know of politics right sure and we get uh, this almost prosperity gospel in the totally south what which again is a western expression you know <laughs> yes uh and so, so, so that yeah, that's sort of the the, the long of it. I, I I I see that, and I love that they did it because it shows sort of our solutions, not just you know for a particular group of people of Asian Americans, but our sort of solution in society in general, right? Yeah, that, yeah. That <clears throat> that religion is used as this means to sort of. Yes, we want to deal with the problem, but these are forms, these are ways in which we think we might solve it, okay? But but it doesn't it doesn't get there. Sure. Right? So it's just sure. like the, the church itself, the church building itself in this series is falling apart. It's got cracks, you know. Literally and <laughs> metaphorically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it, their members, it really, the, the people there, uh, they are not changed people, you know. Um, right. And so at, at heart, nothing really changes. <clears throat> and so, yes, there's, there's no wonder why um, that it doesn't work. It, it really doesn't work. So, sure. so, so I like, and I'm not saying that Christianity doesn't work. But again, uh, certain expressions have failed to get at totally. you know, the heart of totally. What, totally. It, what it's about. So, okay, I want to, in some ways, just pause for a second to, to just kind of throw out this possibility that I want us to maybe come back to at the end, if we can remember. It would be interesting to maybe explore... What a and 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 maybe we just stick with Christianity and a church service because that's what comes up in the show. I, I'd be curious to hear from you. You don't have to answer it now, but be thinking about it. What would a service or what would a a a, a strand of Christianity look like that would actually be addressing the Han and and going to those deeper levels. So so maybe we can come back to yeah, that if if, yeah. if we're open to that. But but before we do that, um one of the things that's coming up for me and I don't want to go on a whole nother rabbit trail, but I, I feel like I just have to say it just because 
and I might have texted you guys this uh, this morning in our Diamond Dog group. I'm, I'm kind of wanting to go back and kind of read and think through this um, model of therapy that, that I really utilize on a daily basis called solution focused therapy. And, and the only thing I'll say is a lot of the figures in that movement will say as humans, we are just inevitably drawn to finding solutions. The problem is that a lot of our solutions don't really solve the problem or make things worse. Yeah. yeah. So, so mm-hmm. I, 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 I just, I think about that as a, as a way to maybe make sense of the show too. Danny and Amy and every other character, they're not just sitting with themselves. They're, they're, they're always trying to feel better or to find some kind of solution. The problem is their solutions aren't working and they're not truly addressing the real problem. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. So in my mind, the, the function of church is a place to deal with collective trauma. So if you go back historically to the the Christian narratives, the, old, the early Christian narratives, you know, we find in what we call the Gospels in the New Testament, you have a band of people who centered their lives around this person named Jesus, who their leader was crucified. Okay, so there you have this image of a traumatic experience. I yeah, and then their lives after that was full of persecution. You know, they had splintered off from this main Jewish movement. And and so they were seen as this new religion in Rome and therefore persecuted for that. So, again, a group of people who already from the start were hurting, were disenfranchised, were the so-called sinners of society, and then their leader being crucified uh, them having to live through that trauma and then living through the trauma of persecution. So when they gathered, their services were to have some kind of collective healing for mm. themselves. And they did that by helping each other out, um, by feeding those who were widows, uh, giving to the poor, pooling their money together and distributing it to each other, like like real. Going back to your example in seminary, visiting the prisoner. Yeah, yes, exactly. All those things that Jesus said <laughs> that we should be doing, right? And and that's how they did it. Now, now, fast forward two thousand years later, our congregations are not places where, for the most part, where the traumatized gather and are treated for their wounds, uh, they're places of worship where there's nice songs, there's, you know, a collection play, there, there, there's activities, there's youth groups, and et cetera, et cetera, programs. Right. But the idea of bringing people in Treating them like a hospital mm. treats people, listening, being present, 
uh, finding resources for them, and then attending to yeah, you know, listening, caring, yeah, yeah, attending to their needs, and then letting them go, and not keeping them as prisoners, right? Yeah, no. That that was that was the original. I always say, and I've always found this to be true that 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 the church should not be for the church. Yeah. Right. Right? That the the church is the only organization where its members are do work not for themselves. That 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 should be what the church, you know. Is about, but but unfortunately, it is not. You know, a, a lot of churches belong to large denominations. Those denominations um, are 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 ways in which to organize groups of people and and, and right. manage money. And that's basically it. yeah. You know, totally. I don't want to be too cynical about it, but that's but but the idea of uh, we're not here for ourselves. We're here to tend to others. I, I I wonder where that is on the mission statement of dude. Any, any I don't churches. think it's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you go on any church website, you know, you click on the about us, and it has a statement of what we believe, right? The th- other things that we believe, uh, and and maybe there's something there about uh, about the healing of the wounds of others, but I don't I don't know. Okay, I yeah, don't know. Yeah. So so that. That's where the 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 point is, um, and and that is where that is why I think a lot of young people have left churches, but have formed collective groups that do those things that the church should do. Right? Right. Yeah. They get right. together, listen to the needs of others, uh, be attentive to them. Uh, do what they need to do in their communities, so on and so forth, and 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 so yeah, and and then that those things, those organizations, those groups, then they find the solutions in in different ways. Yeah. So yeah, going back to your point, yeah, the 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 things, um, the problems of this world and the solutions that the church, and many churches. Uh, churches give are a mismatch, right? If you you know, if you ask um, any of your friends, like, what are your concerns? Well, you know, I'm concerned about my family. I'm concerned about my neighborhood. I'm concerned about uh, what's going on in this world. If you know, my my children can read, you know, books, <laughs> whatever, right, can right. have a library that has, okay. And then you ask. People in church, what are your concerns, you know, in this church? Well, you know, we need to paint our building. <laughs> you know, we, <laughs> yeah. we need, you know. There's a mismatch for sure. Yes, yes. It, it, I, it, there could be hundreds of problems and solutions within that organization that they see is important. But another hundred different problems that people have in our neighborhood and community that that like where do the, t- the two really meet sure you know, that's sure. you know i think that's my point yeah yeah well okay so just as a quick kind of statement too i mean this literally happened earlier this morning i mean i have to be careful with like 
specific details of this person, but I'll say it very broadly. I, I just saw a new client today and part of his desire to enter the therapy journey is to kind of navigate an exit out of Christianity. Mm -hmm. And uh, he just put it so beautifully, I mean, so painfully too, that just in line with what you were saying, if, if the original people of the way, right, as, yeah. as a plug for your upcoming book, <laughs> if, if they were supposed to be known for the way they treated others, his struggle is that he's starting to kind of let go of his faith because of the way mm -hmm. that current Christians treat others. Yeah. And that's not all of them, obviously, but, but it's enough to have really kind of shaken his faith. And so that's going to be an interesting one to navigate. No, no. And that's good. That, that is very telling of how Christianity has been expressed for the most part. Yeah. Again, not all. Not all. And, 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 but a lot. Yeah, yeah. And we shouldn't judge like a whole group by the actions of a few. But I, I mean, there, if there, it is enough for him to experience that, th that is a lot. Yeah. Right. That, yeah. that is too much. And, and so I, I wonder again, you know, what is it that Christianity is propagating over and over again that, um, it takes away from that 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 the the, the true narrative and true call. You know, uh, the the reason why uh, I I've, I've not given up that nomenclature of being called Christian um, is is to mess with people, right? Because, okay. Because I I, I I think that that the Christian faith Christianity does not have to live within the dictates of 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 any one organization or any belief system mm. and that if i say christianity should look like this this and this i have a right to do so i have as much right as a bunch of guys who got together about you know 1800 years ago, you <laughs> yeah. know, in church councils yeah. to do the same, right? Oh, yeah. Right? To, to, to sort of dictate what Christianity looked like. Okay. How are they different than, than me? Yeah. Right? So, so I, I, I still keep with that, even though the ways in which I express the Christian faith might be very different from the majority of how people express it. I, I, I still want to, to say certain things about it. So I could sort of mess with the idea that Christianity was like one thing. You know, it's, yeah. it's not. Yeah. It's not. I, I remember, I mean, shit, going back to my own seminary days, I can't remember who said it. It was a book that we read on the origins of Christianity, you know, kind of early strands of the Christian faith. And, and one author said something to the effect of, you know, Christianity has always been irreducibly complex. Yeah, 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 yeah. It you can't boil it down to just no, one no. thing. And I mean, shit. Look at the gospels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, yeah. There's four. The, yeah, there's four. <laughs> yeah, um, things that are really quite different uh, from each other, and 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 that's what I'm talking about. I'm I'm talking about ways in which to express something that, um, that's 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 that can be different, and and we don't have to. 
it's okay, and it's okay to throw away a lot of it. Yeah, we, uh, but but certain uh, aspects and ideas, um, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not apologetic for Christianity. You know, it's like, like if it fails, it fails. Like good, okay. Um, just like the 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 whole uh, democratic system, okay. Right. That that the democracy has been this experiment, okay. Uh, and mm. and and it's like if we want to just burn it to the ground, like like w- we did almost four years ago, maybe we should. Maybe it it doesn't work um, because we we've not valued it enough. Right. Okay? And the same way with Christianity, uh, maybe the whole thing you know burns to the ground. Um, one of the, the the heroes of the Christian faith that that. Um, now, I always go back to is Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and he was this pastor and theologian who uh, died in uh, in World War II, just, just a few days before the war ended in Germany. And, and he, he questioned, how can there be a Christian religion in the midst of the Holocaust? Right. Right. Because so many, so many Christians said yes to it, said yes to the killing of millions of Jews. Right. How can you stare uh, Christianity in the face and and say yes to this thing? And 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 so his idea was this religionless Christianity, this this Christianity without religion. And and, and I won't go into that now because i want to do another episode on that at some point i know that's one of our ideas and and that yeah and and that's important so so i i think going back to beef yeah um, yeah. i i think the exploration is really important it's very crucial i i think christians might look at it and and say well you know um that's not our evangelical christianity and and certainly it's not but it's important to see sort of what what happens, right? Mm. What happens when people bring their hurt to churches like this client of yours, and then what happens when they're not seen for who they are, right? That's a form of hurt. Totally. And and when we allow that hurt to fester, to grow without treating it, without like the the first level of treatment is like is exposing it, right? That, it's, that's it's it. Uncovering it. Yeah, acknowledging yeah. and exposing yeah. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Normalizing it. Normalizing it. Then, then, then there's there's no hope. There's no hope. Absolutely. And a religion without hope, <laughs> that's nothing. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Right. right. Okay, Fu. So, in terms of like moving toward landing the plane for our conversation, I, I was kind of hoping that we could. Just go to the last episode of the series, episode 10, entitled Figures of Light. And I've, I've definitely got to say, I mean, of all the TV that I watch, and I think shamefully I watch too much TV, this episode was just one of the most beautiful portrayals of our human experience that I've ever seen. I mean, I was just mm. re-watching it this morning, and I was in tears in my office just kind of like listening to the conversation. Wow. And in a moment, I want to play a clip from the show. And I'll just say, 
it's going to be great, but but it won't capture the full scope of what you experience because no, because this is just audio. People have to kind of watch it and the emotions, and and it makes sense in light of the whole series. But yeah, I, I really can't wait to kind of share that 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 clip with people. But before we do that, one of the things that I wanted to share with everyone and then kind of get your thoughts on is in doing some research on this episode, I found this great interview that the creator Lee Sung Jin did about mm-hmm. beef. And he basically explained the title of each episode because each yeah. episode has, whether it's a literary illusion or something philosophical, has a type of quote from someone pretty significant. And he entitles episode 10, Figures of Light, which which comes from a quote, which which I'll get into in a second, from Carl Jung, who's someone I really appreciate. And, and this is what uh, Jen had to say about episode 10 and why he chose uh, that title. This was the very first quote as I was developing the show. This is from Carl Jung. One does not become enlightened by imagining figures of light, but by making the darkness conscious. That is truly the North Star of beef. You have two people who have suppressed a lot of their shadows, and in excavating them, hopefully they're going to reach a higher place. David's painting with that quote is very lovely and moving for me. Mm. What do you what do you make of that? Does does that connect with you? I mean, is is that kind of how you understood like the trajectory of the show? The the idea of not just focusing on figures of light, but making the darkness conscious. Do, do you think that resonates with you, Fu? Yeah. So in the show, a lot of the characters, they, their, their pain, their trauma, their Han is covered, right? It's in the darkness. And they're sort of, Groping around in this darkness, trying to yeah. figure things out, and if you want to contrast it to the light, you know the light is sort of that positivity, the the image that they think could help them out the darkness. But maybe but, it's the Western gospel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so one, the Western gospel, gratitude journal, gratitude journal, uh, Danny. Always thinking, okay, if I can make enough money yes. quickly, if I could get my parents back here, yes. that I could deal with the shame of their failure in some way. Sure. If I could get my brother to join me in my job, in my contracting job. So so they have all these visions and images about how they want their lives to be. But but that is not really the starting point, or mm. at least that should not be the starting point. When they are this person who is injured, they're, they're like these injured animals. Absolutely. Right? right? Yes. And, and their wounds need to be treated, right? Yes. But they keep on licking their wounds, yeah. right? Yes. Like coming back instead of. Uh, dealing with them in a way that brings about healing. So yes. you know, they're they're in this uh, this place where I think a lot of times they're afraid of the darkness. Oh, so, absolutely. So uh, Amy, she has this vision of this 
sort of witch type woman. Yeah. Right. And, and I don't know, you know, you're talking about young and archetypes. I don't know what you made of it, but I, I actually was wrestling with it. I, I was hoping you could kind of shed some insight. <laughs> I, I, I was hoping you were. Okay. <laughs> we're two, two Spider-Men like pointing at each other. So I saw that figure as the shame that mm. she could not accept about herself. So that okay. figure comes up when she sees her father who uh in in one point in his life cheats on her mother and brings a woman home and Amy sees this because she plays the skipping hooky. school yeah, yeah plays hooky even um does some um she, she shoplifting I think yeah and, yeah and, 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 she's and, buying clothes for college because she's wanting to get away yeah yes 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 and so so she hides in the bushes because she hears her father come home early and he brings home this white woman and there's this image of her of this woman changing into this witch character and, yeah. and hushing and looking at Amy as a child in the bushes and hushing her right and then that character comes back in a scene before when she's having this anonymous sexual Affair intercourse with yeah, you know, random yeah, stranger with, with a much older white yeah, male, yeah, yes, and in, and in a random hotel room, yeah, in the dark, in right? the dark, in the right. dark, yeah, they don't even see each other's faces, you know, right. so it's a random hookup, and then you see this this character, so Amy turns into this character, and and again, I um, I think it's about this shame, it's about not being able to accept that. She turned into the woman who cheats. Mm. Uh, she turns into the woman maybe that she hates. Right. You know, maybe she doesn't blame her father. Maybe she blames the other woman, you know, but evidently she takes that image. Okay. Or maybe she, yeah, uh, she hates that other woman, but she takes that image and puts it on herself, right? Yes. Yes. Um, well, and, and then there's that scene. Okay, I, I hope I'm remembering this. I just saw this a couple of days ago where, again, it's I think it's in episode eight where they have the flashbacks. And she's she's even this is even before she's in high school and sees her father with the other woman. I think she she steals some some candy or some snacks and uh, she's not supposed to. And then she sees the witch in her bedroom and she's like, are you going to tell my parents and, and I can't remember exactly what the witch says, but it's something to the effect of, you know, I'm not going to tell anybody. And, and, and I interpret that as you're going to have to live with this in yourself and keep it as a type of secret. Yes. yes. And, and that's the energy that I sort of represent, right? Which is being being flooded with the shame and the secrecy and, and not talking about it, not letting it out. Yeah, I think I have the quote there. Uh it, it's in episode 10. Uh, Amy says, I don't want anyone to see who I really am. Yeah. What was that? I think so. Yeah. 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 And uh, maybe there's another quote with the witch that I may have written down or may not. Did you see it? Yes, right here. So the witch says, I can't tell anyone your secrets because no one would love you. Yes. 
Yes, that's again. it. Yeah, that's again. Yeah. So uh, there's just there's just fear if someone really knew who I was, right? If I went to the darkness, right, and showed people that, no one would really love me. Gotcha. And and, and I, yes. It is in those places where we should be doing the work, right? We should be sitting with ourselves. Yeah. And not this sort of vision where we think we can escape it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That that does not bring the healing that we want. Yeah. So See, so, this is where, and I want to be careful because I definitely don't, I know it's, it's stereotypical and I, I don't want to just say it is only an Asian thing because from my own like Hispanic upbringing, being kind of this family oriented collectivist kind of culture and society, I think it's the same thing. This is where I was wondering, was the show trying to say something with the line, Western therapy doesn't work with the Eastern mind in, in that stereotypically in Western approaches, it is about discovering the, the the family secrets and finally figuring out a way to bring them out so that you can experience mm. the release of that. Where maybe stereotypically, whether it's Asian or, or Latino cultures, for sure not everyone, but but there can be this type of this type of um, stereotype maybe where. It's kept within the family. Yeah, you don't want to bring shame on. You don't your, want to bring shame family. into the family. Yeah, yeah. So you don't want to expose those secrets. Um, so in a lot of ways, the shame-based culture has positives and, of course, the negatives. Of course. Yeah, the positive is that we can do something with shame, right? And so we can make our if we did something bad. We could do better, okay? And it helps motivate people to do things better with their lives, okay? Yeah. To to say, I'm not a victim. I can dig myself out of this, okay? Yeah. However, shame provides very low, little uh, intimacy. Mm. You know, we... Uh, if you do dig yourself out that you can do it alone, mm. right? Because you're not going to invite someone in to sit with you in that. Because again, uh, you're, you feel that you could have done better, but you didn't. You don't want to let other people know that. Right. right? And, and so uh, there's a lot of isolation. There's a lot of loneliness. Oh, yeah. And especially among men, Yes. Uh, yes. Who can't, who don't often share about this, but also women. Uh, this idea that yes, I did something wrong. I brought shame upon myself, and now I have to deal with it for the rest of my life and and alone because I'm not going to share it with my other male friends. That's, right. That's very damning. Yes. You know, it, it, I see this with males who have been sexually abused as mm -hmm. children. Yes, yes. You know, there's there's so much shame and it's so hard to kind of talk about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, how can I let people see that about me? Right, right. Uh, how can I let people uh, see that I'm a failure? You know, right. that, that you know that I fucked up. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's 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 very difficult uh, to and. And in a lot of my my writing on my Substack, you know, I 
I talk as much as possible. I think there's a point where sharing too much of it is uh, is not that healthy, especially for a writer. You know, it, it's it's it, uh, um, I think brings up a lot of excuses that a person can have, but. Uh, I try to have a balance where I talk about my own failures yeah. in my life, what uh, what I could have done better, and also the my own history in my family of the things that that they did or did not do in their lives, and 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 I do that not to. And here's here's why I I'm very careful at it because i don't want to bring too much attention and say this is about me because i I want when i write i want to help the reader yeah i don't want to make it about myself all the time but in if i could bring some connection about my life for the reader that's when i want to do it do it totally and so so i i think that's my encouragement that if anyone is experiencing this shame, they should not be doing it alone. Right. That, that the best thing is to find some kind of mentorship, some kind of community, some kind of connection. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Because because we've we've all of us have experienced things that we've done in our lives that we're not proud of, or that uh, we would be a shame to yes. talk about, but uh, this is not to say we share everything about who we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's things that we should keep to ourselves, but we don't have to do that alone, alone. and in private. Right. And we we can be on a journey with someone Dude, with it and connect. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so in a moment, I want to play this this clip that's that's a few minutes long. That is probably my favorite scene of dialogue in the whole show but before that let me just spend a moment setting up the scene Mm -hmm. and and setting up the last episode so in the penultimate episode everything kind of comes to a head i mean there's so many details that we can't get into for the sake of time but basically if the show starts with a road rage incident in some ways it ends with one too Mm -hmm. they're 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 kind of at the end of the rope amy has just received an email where where george is filing for divorce and she's really afraid from some of the things that have happened that she's not going to be able to see her daughter anymore. Danny, at the time, believes that his brother has been shot to death. And so he's beside himself because, you know, he has this really unhealthy enmeshed relationship with him. So if his brother's dead, who is he in the world? And so they're kind of leaving this this house and they kind of see each other on the road again. And, you know, Danny flicks her off and, and just... The, the again the trauma and the rage that ensues they accidentally drive off a cliff right and then so in episode 10 they they meet each other again they're all bruised and broken and halfway through the episode they're looking for food because they're starving and they decide to eat what they think are elderberries I think yeah and it just turns out to be some kind of poisonous plant and they have this interesting I don't know how to say it like a like a almost like a psychedelic trip mm-hmm and the show does this amazing job of, of suggesting that somehow through this experience, they kind of fuse together in their consciousness. 
And for a moment, they're like one person. But then what happens is Amy becomes Danny and then Danny becomes Amy and they finally are able to see Mm. each other's perspective, which for me was an incredible moment of empathy, which for God's sake is what we need in our world today. Yes. So, Mm. So let me go ahead and play the clip and then we can kind of unpack it. Yo, by the way, what's up with your tattoo? This is number 22. Right, why 22? Did you know Joseph Heller titled his book Catch 18, but his editor arbitrarily changed it to Catch 22? Uh, Ow, ow, ow. No. Well, as long as I can remember, that's what being alive has felt like. Can't have form without space. Can't experience light without dark. We're stuck. Yeah. And anytime you try to hold on to one thing, slips away. I've never been able to describe this feeling inside of me, but I think that's it. Catch 22. Right? It's like a void. But not, it's like empty, but solid. Yes, that's right, Daniel. Empty, but solid. Right under the surface. You think other people feel this way? I know George doesn't. I hope June never does. Oh, no. Maybe we're not normal. Maybe we're too fucked up. Or maybe normal people are just delusional, fucked up people. Either way, that's why I don't believe in God. What do you mean? Why would a God make it like this? Well, if God is everything, then we're God. That means God is just like us. Maybe that's why everything is the way it is. God's just trying not to feel alone in nothingness. You have never talked to anybody like this before. Me neither. I think we're dying. I think so, too. I see your life. you wanted was to not be alone. You don't have to be ashamed. It's okay. I see it all. You don't have to hide. It's okay. Wow. There's really nothing after this. Yeah. This 
dude. Yeah. That yeah. is, again, like I was almost in tears. Like like the the hairs in the back of my neck were starting to kind of go up. That that mm-hmm. that's that yeah. just that line of you poor thing. Yeah. All, all you wanted was to not feel alone. Man, that gets me every time. Yeah. So so no, what, what 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 do, what, do you, what do you make of that scene? Awesome. Yeah. So it's not until the end of of their arc that Danny and Amy they they have this realization right yeah and they they really come to terms with who they are you know this this void this this space you know uh, and they're able to embrace that and see that in each other you know, that that each of us, live in that void and that space right yeah. and and we have that sinking feeling of emptiness um and that's 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 the hurt that's the wound um and 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 for some of us it does not have to be a a a a real hurt or real wound but it can just be this this emptiness right yeah uh, and not being able to come to grips with that right because dude our society is always about fill that fucking emptiness you gotta shove something in that right in order to uh to 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 be something in this world totally and i wish i wish everyone like you said could experience that together you know um and it's tragic that something like that only comes at the lowest point in our lives, and sometimes even that people people don't don't reach it, right? Right, uh, that, right. That sort of moment of clarity. No, no, no. Right, right. right. Uh, as to what our lives are really about, and so yeah, I, I as as I was listening to that, I, I thought of you know, I, and and how you described the story arc as just starting with that car incident and then this is another result of a car incident the reason why amy and danny are enmeshed together is that place of woundedness and hurt in their lives and their beef with each other is trying to work this out Hmm. they don't have the capacity or at least they don't think they have the capacity to work that out by themselves right so they have to project that onto someone else totally so that they could deal with it yeah and so the the story is motivated by that drama of them working it out through uh their rivalry and also through the relationships in their lives family and and so forth and friends now at this last episode they are entwined but entwined in a different way oh okay right how so so they're not entwined because of how they're acting out and trying to resolve it in ways that hurt each other they're entwined in ways that seek 
that really seek healing. Yeah. And that's through listening. That's yeah. through empathy. That's through connection. That's through seeing ourselves in in the other, right? Yes. And at the same time, keeping the other, the other. I and so there mm. they are enmeshed, but we can hear the voice of each person. Yes. Right? Yes. Right? Very clearly. Yes. So so they have true empathy because Danny is able to speak as Amy and Amy is able to speak as Danny. So they understand who each other is finally at that point. Dude. And Man, they're still alone. getting me. Oh, it's so you rich. Know? So so they're able to keep who they are separate and those boundaries in a way that they did not at the beginning. Yeah. They violated each other's boundaries, mm. right? They, they 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 hurt each other. It's like they didn't yeah. treat each other as as uh as distinct humans. Yes, exactly. As, and, and now they can. Mm-hmm. But then they That's also good. experience a deeper unity than than I think is usually possible. Yes, yes. And that's where a lot of how we get into relationships, and you you might explore this on a different episode. Sure. But how we are entangled in, let's say, rivalries or in um, relationships in our lives, uh, people who are married or in re- uh, romantic relationships. You know, when we get into arguments and we right. we, we hurt each other. You know, we become entangled in that bad way that yes. doesn't produce healing. We're trying to work things out, right? And most of it is we're working things out. Uh, we're working something out in us, yes. right? But yes. you can't do it. And then the, that other person is the point of conflict, right? Totally. And and so we, we experience that on a personal level, in our relationships, in our friendships. Then we experience that on... A, a collective level, a national level, where where U.S. America is falling apart right now, yeah, and seriously. our divisions and our rivalries. But then, on the other hand, what we're trying to do is that which Amy and Danny is doing at the end, right? Mm. We're re- what we really want is we we really want to be heard. Right, we really want to be seen. We really want to. Uh, we don't even want someone to save us or heal our pain. As much as we want someone to, at least acknowledge that. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. Because, because in a lot of ways. We do not heal. You know, we we think that our relationships and our friendships and our and all that would heal us. That 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 is a mistake. I agreed. Right? What we need out of our relationships, if anything, is at least the acknowledgement of where we are in our hurt. And in our woundedness. And in that acknowledgement that George is not able to 
give to Amy or that <clears throat> Danny's friends and Danny's parents is not they're not able to give to Danny. Right. It, it is in that that we can at least start to uh, have those wounds men. Yes. Right? Because because when we just put down the idea that somehow something out there would 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 fix us, I think that's the beginning of the healing process. Yes. Uh, just to bring in Dietrich Bonhoeffer, one of my favorite things that he talks about in letters and papers from prison is that we have to move away from the conception of God as the deus ex machina. Yes, yes. As, as a type of yeah. external, you know... Jumps just, in and fixes things. Just a thing that jumps in and fixes things. And, and I think sometimes we think of relationships that way too, right? If, if I find the right person, mm-hmm. right? This yes. magical other, then all my problems are going to go away. And it doesn't work that way. No, 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 it doesn't. And, and yeah, and, and nothing... Works, like God doesn't work that way. Um, the talking about the void, talking about the space, and this is where the the the, the absence, the 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 radical abandonment that Jesus experienced on the cross. That's where the the healing narrative should start. Mm. Where Father, why have you forsaken me? Yeah, that that point of forsakenness, that acknowledgement from from someone who, you know, the, the readers of these gospels, like, how could how could he say that? Yeah, you know, how could he say that? When we start there, and 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 see that that's the point of radical darkness then can we allow the light to come in yeah yeah you know, if, we, if we can't even start there i think it's it's hard to see that hope yeah so okay i want to maybe bring in a couple things as we come to a close together like actually just building on our previous conversation with leave the world behind we were talking about, you know, in terms of this image of a Venn diagram, what could be the overlapping thing that even if we if we think about it in a societal way or politically, what, what could be the thing that, type, that kind of unites us? What I got out of this scene, which I think even connects with what you were saying about Jesus and being abandoned, we could look at it religiously, or if we just looked at it maybe existentially, what they're ultimately describing is the human condition is mm-hmm. is the human yep. plight. We we live in a type of catch-22, right, which is a type of paradox or contradiction that cannot be resolved. And and I think about, you know, um, I know our friend Rudy is, is big into Eric Fromm. You know, he talks about humans as freaks of nature. And then there's this great, um, he was an anthropologist, Ernest Becker. <laughs> he talked about humans as, as gods with anuses or gods who shit right and <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and and what from and, and becker are getting at which is i think exactly what the characters were getting at is regardless of our actual historical traumas to just be a human on this planet means 
that we are both from the earth and from nature like the animals. I mean, we're finite, but we have these like weird brains that have consciousness, whatever that is. And, mm-hmm. and we can think about our future and we can imagine what death is going to be like. We can feel utterly alone, even when we're in the presence of others. I don't think the other animals necessarily feel that. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if that sort of existential human catch-22 could be a type of thing that actually brings us together. That at our most yeah. fundamental level, this is what we share in common. We share the plight of being these gods who shit. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's, that's right, right? So the word uh, exists, you know, is, is a being word, right? We exist in the world. We are in the world. Right. And and that word also means in the Latin to stand out, mm. to, to be something, okay? But at the same time, the, the paradox is when we are aware that we stand out differently, you know, which, you know, millions of years of evolution have made our minds this, right? Right, right. Then we look back at ourselves and 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 we see that self. And if we see ourself, okay, that means we see that chasm between each other. Yes. Right? That's the void. That's the chasm. Like if I'm aware of myself, that must mean that I exist in this place uniquely. Mm. And the question has to be. Is there any hope for me to cross that chasm into your existence? Yeah. Or is it we we just exist as these deities alone? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, you know, Descartes had had his own solution to to that, and all he could do is just sort of turn to the self. Right. You know? and, right. And you know, modern philosophy is all about this turn to the self. But if we're only there, then there's there's no hope for any of us. There's no hope to cross into the other and acknowledging the other and and then like at the end of that clip to yeah. to have that kind of radical empathy. Yes. And 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 so yeah, yeah. And 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 so yeah, how do we do that? How do we cross that divide? Uh, between my sense of self into what I think in my mind could never be done into you and your sense of self, mm. right? And that's that's the void. That's powerful. You know, you know that that we're faced with each day. You know because yeah, you, we might wake up each morning with a partner in our beds, but. In a lot of ways, we wake up to just ourselves, yes, right? Yes, yes. And we carry out our days just with ourselves and in ourselves. Most of the other animals, I don't think, are... Even the ones that, that might be aware of that, let's say... Dolphins, dolphins whales, well, maybe, yeah. But they're always freaking together, right? Yes, they're, right. They're, they're uh, always so some of the higher primates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Higher primate, primates, elephants. They're uh, they had the sense of being together. Yes. That because our sense of radical awareness, <clears throat> in order to do what we 
want to do as humans in this world have transcended. So we have this type of self-transcendence. Absolutely. Which, which at a, again, is damning to us. Yes, right? yes. Right? That's the catch-22. That, that is a catch-22. So, yeah, I... I I think that's that's where we're at, you know, with these very important existential questions. You know, one road leads to destruction, cars going down this cliff, you yeah. know. Yes. And being at each other's throats, and another leads to to wholeness and healing. And, yes. Uh, where do we go? Yeah. Maybe one of the last things I want to say, and then you can kind of finish off, is there, again, there's so many different ways that you could interpret this this show, this incredible show. This may seem a little bit simplistic in light of all the deep shit we've been getting into, but I know when when my wife and I kind of finished the last episode, one of the first things she said was just, "Wow, what a powerful portrayal of how depression." can manifest itself in a person's life that doesn't look like the stereotypical tropes of not being able to leave your bed or mm, yeah. or just you know having no energy at all, which are actual symptoms of depression. But I, I thought that could be one lens to kind of understand the show is, you know, depression can take a variety of different forms. And, mm -hmm. and it's important to kind of know that. So I just wanted to kind of throw that out there as an interesting oh, kind good. of tidbit. Yeah. yeah. So what about you, Fu? Is there any thing else that you would want to end on before we kind of end the episode together? Yeah. Something that maybe we haven't explored that's important to you? No, I, I think we covered a lot of it. I want to just go back to these ideas of woundedness and how we form relationships around them. Mm. Think that, I think that should give us reason to be more aware okay. of our relationships, the people in our lives, our bosses, our coworkers, our friends, our spouses. I, we come together, we fit together for many reasons, you know, and I don't know where to start to think of all those reasons but one point is that there is some kind of pain some kind of hurt or some kind of of experience that brings us together and that can be creatively transformed to something beautiful yeah or that can be Come dangerous mm. and violent and bring us a lot of hurt. And if we just if if this show does doesn't do anything, I, I think it should let us be aware or remind us to be aware of whenever <laughs> we're in traffic and we get cut off and we want to honk and and roll down windows and yell. Like, what's that all about? What's that all about? You know, yeah. what what about them that that triggered something in us so deeply yes. that that we would want to do that, even to the risk of getting maybe shot? You know? uh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's a real thing in Houston. You sure. Know, oh, that, right, that, right. That, that, that I wrote about. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I think every time we 
are angry at someone every time that we experience um, any kind of emotion towards us, you know, that should give us cause to sort of pause. Yeah. You know, and, and see you know, wh- where we are in our lives and and the relationships that we have. Yeah, yeah. And, and maybe, okay, maybe I'll end with it because I think there's going to be people that listen to this who actually haven't seen it and that's fine. But I just want to encourage you to go back and actually watch it. Yes, it's so fucking deep and there's all these great like threads that we've been exploring in this episode. But even if all that was out of it, it's just it's visually stunning. It's funny. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's just a great story. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of surprises. The acting is, you know, above and beyond. Like it was just a really enjoyable experience besides mm-hmm. some of the deeper theological and philosophical material. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 rewatchable, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Over and over again. So Yeah, not- no, I I've seen it twice and and just in, thoroughly enjoyed it. So Yeah. So anyway, uh, thank you, Kike, for having me on again. Absolutely. I love being, uh, you're such a wonderful host. Your questions are always thought-provoking and they always bring me to other insights that are just so valuable. Dude, uh, thank you for saying that. I feel the same way about you. I- I'm always thinking about things differently after our conversation. So it always kind of feeds my soul. So I'm grateful. Uh-huh. Yeah. Thank you. I know we're going to do it again. Yes. Yes. Uh, continue to listen to the Psyche podcast. That's my plug. Thank you. For the podcast. And and, uh, and check out Foo's Substack, People of the Way. Yes. Uh, please. Uh, there is a free subscription. Uh, there's also paid level. Uh, if you support it, then that just gives me Yeah, what more. is it, like eight bucks? I mean, yeah, yeah. shit, you probably spend more on that on fucking coffee. So go, yeah, yeah. go and support that. Yes, and it helps me. T- uh, it encourages me to continue that work uh, as being a public theologian and philosopher mm. and bring some really good curated stuff to this world. So Absolutely. So uh, so do it. You'll get a lot of value uh, in both the community. Uh, the, um, <laughs> the Psyche Podcast and uh, my Substack, People of the Way. Okay. Thank you, Foo. <laughs>